Welcome to Horror Study Hall, the academic side of horror. I'm your host, M.A. Reynolds. It's time to get spooky. Welcome back to Horror Study Hall. In this episode, we are going to be answering the question, why are bad movies so good? Why do we enjoy them? I'd like to start by saying a thank you to Dr. Kaven Sarkosh, who directed me to his study, enjoying trash films, underlying features, viewing stances, and experiential response dimensions that he conducted with Winifred Minninghouse. Apologies if I pronounced any of your names incorrectly. His study gave me a lot of content for this episode. So again, thank you so much for being willing to let me discuss your study in this episode. I have a deep love for bad movies, specifically movies that are so bad, they are good. There's nothing like a monster movie that uses a ghillie suit as the costume for Bigfoot where a priest turns into a velociraptor that looks like a T-Rex to fight ninjas, or a disaster movie that can't decide if the two main characters are brother and sister or boyfriend and girlfriend. These movies have a special place in my heart. There's nothing like getting a group of friends together to view a bad movie, to make jokes about it, to ask each other what the hell is going on, and to suffer together. So what is it about bad movies, B-movies, trash films that make them so appealing. We should probably start with answering the question, what is a bad movie? What is the definition of a bad movie? These films can be categorized into any genre. I'm sure we've seen bad movies in every genre from romance to drama to comedy. But generally... Um, A lot of these movies are categorized into the sci-fi and horror genre. It's generally very inexpensive to create a a low-budget horror movie or a low-budget sci-fi movie. The So Bad It's Good movie is generally very low-budget with amateur creators and or actors, nonsensical scripts, and more. They may be heavily disliked upon release, but they find their audience months or even years later. later. Despite all of these setbacks, they provide enjoyment and are unforgettable. Bad movies do not conform to Hollywood standards or filmmaking practices. The unorthodox filmmaking provides a more enjoyable experience for the viewer. As a filmmaker, you don't have access to a professional set or a professional set designer. Use your kitchen as the spaceship control room. Most utensils look like space equipment anyway, right? Can't afford professional actors? That dentist down the street seems like a good option for the leading man. Is your time limited? You can shoot this thing on the holiday weekend in three days and get it done. 
Creators of low-budget movies have a story to tell, and they do not let small things like money, time, and access to resources stand in their way. And I feel like that is very admirable. Many of us have projects that we've never completed just around the house, just because we lose motivation or we say we don't have time or we don't have money. But these filmmakers want to make a movie, something that is a monumental task that they don't have Hollywood backing or financing for, and yet they still complete these movies and get them released into the world. While movies that are made on the cheap arguably make up the majority of what is considered a bad movie, there are some large budget movies that fall into this category of so bad it's good. Examples of that would be like um, 2012 with John Cusack or Volcano or Dante's Peak. Typically when it's a big budget Hollywood movie, the so bad that's good movies are going to be in that action disaster genre. One thing they all have in common is that the creators set out to make something great, but somehow missed the mark. These filmmakers took their job very seriously. They went out and found financing to complete their vision, to share it with those around them. And they deserve to be respected. The lack of financing, support, or resources forced them to be more creative. You see more creativity in a low-budget bad movie than you do in a Hollywood blockbuster. That's what makes these movies so enjoyable and makes them live on. Another thing that puts a movie from just a bad movie that no one wants to watch into this so bad it's good category is the intention of the filmmakers. Are they purposely going out trying to make a bad movie for people to watch? Sometimes you can tell because they're trying too hard, that they're trying to force the camp upon you. Um, pure camp or unintentional camp is more enjoyable and more humorous than intentional camp. I say pure camp, I'm alluding to irony. It's ironic that someone goes out to make a movie about a priest that turns into a velociraptor, but if they're doing it straight and doing it with sincerity, it makes it more enjoyable than if they were out there trying to intentionally make a bad movie. It's how we, the audience, interpret the sincerity of the filmmaker. Audiences can tell if a filmmaker is sincerely trying to tell a story and are just missing the mark with their own inadequacies or lack of funding. Thinking about a director like Ed Wood, um, you can really tell that Ed was very sincere in his filmmaking. He was trying to tell a great story, trying to become a really great filmmaker. But due to all kinds of circumstances from funding to casting to maybe just not having the talent to be a great filmmaker, he missed the mark during his time. But his films have found a new home and are now appreciated for what they are. Someone trying to tell a great story and not letting things like ability or funding get in their way. And we have a new appreciation for what he accomplished. He accomplished so much in his lifetime. And even though he was never that great Hollywood director winning Oscars and his films are not the next Citizen Kane, they are still enjoyed by millions across the globe today and are still shown in theaters. On the other hand, deliberate camp or intentional camp is almost always self-aware and sometimes it, it just does not land. 
a movie like Cabin in the Woods did actually work. It was self-aware. It was intentionally mocking the horror film. But there have been others that just haven't quite hit that mark because they were a little too intentional, trying a little too hard to be what they weren't. Um, And a good example of this, I feel, is the Sharknado series. Um, The first Sharknado was loved by many. I loved the first Sharknado when it came out. It was funny. It was ridiculous. Um, They were serious in their filmmaking to try and make a, a movie and tell a story that was just silly. But then, um, I don't know if it had to do with studios or if it had to do with um, the director or what was what, what it was. But once they saw that money was to be made in the, the Sharknado movie, they decided to go ahead and keep making them. As the series goes on, it wasn't as enjoyable as that first Sharknado movie just because of the intention behind it. Audiences could tell that this was just a little too much. Irony and pure camp found in bad films do increase their viewability. The fact that someone actually wrote, produced, and found financing for such a film makes the experience enjoyable. And when it is more intentional, generally it's less well received. Some may argue that bad movies are garbage, that they're not worth your time. It has been said that the consumers of bad movies are poorly educated, low-class individuals, and that is simply not the case. Sarkosh and Menninghouse's study found that highly educated individuals who enjoy a wide variety of art and film enjoy bad movies. So the next time someone tells you only low-class people enjoy bad movies, you can tell them otherwise. Why are these films so enjoyable? It makes logical sense that bad movies would be considered a guilty pleasure something that you wouldn't admit liking, something that you kind of keep hitting, hidden from your friends or family. But on the contrary, the joy experienced by those who watch bad movies is something that they strive to share with others. The internet has helped widen the audience because we are able to share the inside jokes and critiques of these movies to anyone in the world. Many who have never seen a movie like The Room probably have seen clips or memes with iconic quotes like, you're tearing me apart, or, oh, hi, Mark. More and more people quote, you can't piss on hospitality from Troll 2 on a regular basis. Regular consumers of bad movies willingly share their experiences with friends and family and online. The best way to enjoy these movies is in a group. Sharing the experience with others is a bonding ritual. Being able to make jokes, comments, ask what is going on to the group increases bonds and a sense of belonging. When bad movies are enjoyed alone, the viewer typically has the urge to share the experience with others and will either share their experience online or gather a group to to watch the film together. I actually have a terrible movie club that I I started maybe a year ago. Um, I had done it several years in the past and took a break, but uh, many of us, many of my coworkers and friends gather once a month to watch a terrible movie and just riff on it and have a great time. Um, We have a Discord where we cast votes on what movie we'll watch the next month. And then um, the first or second Friday of the month, we gather together, push play at the same time and enjoy a really bad movie experience. Um, Some of our most recent experiences have been The Room. Um, We watched 
100 degrees below zero, which is ridiculous and fun. Um, Robo vampire was a good time. So this is something that we share with each other. And every time we find a trailer for a new movie that might be considered in the the so bad it's good genre, we share it with each other as an option for the next event. We have a lot of fun with this experience, and I, I do recommend it to anyone who is interested in these terrible, terrible movies. There is a wonderful book series by Jacob Gustafsson called Awful Awesome that is a great tool in finding movies. Um, he categorizes them into genres, so I have... Um, horror volume one and it just lists a bunch of bad movies and their synopsis and if he feels they're worth your time there's also a sci-fi volume an action volume and I believe there's horror volume two if not more by now it is a really great read to help you decide what you want to watch with your group of friends so in a previous episode I did talk about how horror is much more enjoyable in a group. And these so bad they're good movies definitely fall into that category by strengthening your bonds between your friends, by giving you a shared experience, and helping you just really have a great time. Our bodies do release hormones when we're experiencing something like this with a group to really strengthen our bonds and draw us closer together. People who view these bad movies tend to do so on a regular basis. Um, The study that I am using for this episode does reference that I believe it said 86% of individuals who consume quote unquote trash movies watch it on a regular basis, either monthly or weekly, and prefer to share them with others rather than watching them alone. Although people do watch them alone. The experience with bad movies is meant to be shared It's pretty obvious that we like to watch these movies multiple times and that they've grown in proper popularity. Shows like Mystery Science Theater 3000 have really brought these movies into the forefront for mm, people to enjoy. Um, Joe Bob Briggs and his drive-in theater has been bringing these drive-in B-movies to our attention for years. And we just can't get enough of them. Now that we've talked about why we like these movies, um, I would like to just have some fun and just share a couple of my personal favorites with you. Um, Just kind of give you a little brief synopsis and maybe some general feelings that I had with watching these movies um, and see if maybe you would like to check them out. So the first one is pretty well known. Um, In fact, Halloween Horror Nights had a haunted house based on this movie this year, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Killer Clowns from Outer Space was released in 1984, and it is a comedy horror sci-fi movie about clowns from outer space coming to Earth to eat us. It is really funny. Um, So the IMDb storyline is, quote, when a small town is invaded by aliens from outer space who are capturing and killing the townspeople, no one takes them seriously. Why? Why? The aliens all look like circus clowns, use weapons that look clown-like, and have painted on smiles. Only a few of the young people in the town realize the danger, and of course, no one believes them. Armed with an ice cream truck, they try and rescue their friends. This movie is so enjoyable. It's such a fun time. Everyone in the movie takes it very seriously and plays it like there are really clowns (laughs) coming to Earth to, to 
kill us all and eat us. Um, some of my favorite things about this particular movie are the two ice cream truck men. They're a little misogynistic, but I guess that's kind of par for the course for a movie from the 80s. Um, the clowns will kidnap people, wrap them in a cotton candy cat cocoon, and then stick a straw in there to, to eat them, which is super hilarious to me. A lot of the ki- kills involve balloon animals or popcorn or just circus type materials the clowns though they are a little creepy looking they are pretty menacing and maybe this movie is why so many people are afraid of clowns to this day they're no longer a fun fun thing at a circus they're kind of sinister and creepy and may eat you one of my recent favorites is a movie called killer sofa Uh, The title's a little misleading because it's not actually a sofa. It's a Lazy Boy recliner chair. They probably couldn't get permission to use Lazy Boy or in the in the title. So it's called Killer Sofa. This movie is out of New Zealand, I believe. And it's from 2019. Um, The storyline from IMDb again is, quote, When a Dybbuk-possessed reclining chair becomes enchanted by a girl and starts committing crimes of passion... A couple of detectives find themselves fighting their own demons while trying to solve the strange case with help of a disgraced Jewish rabbi and an eccentric voodoo sorceress. This movie is so fun. Uh, This is one I really like to show to people and then just watch their reactions to it because it is so funny and weird. Uh, A lazy boy recliner essentially decides to woo its new owner. Um... And she is a a beautiful girl who seems to always have troubles with men always being infatuated with her. And it's the same with this lazy boy recliner. Um, Like the day after she gets it, she comes out of her bedroom and the lazy boy recliner has left a trail of rose petals to it. It's got a plate of cookies and a drink on it. And it's, it's trying to seduce her. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's a good time. Um, It seems like that the filmmakers actually put a human inside of a lazy boy recliner to walk it around. It's it's pure insanity. Um, Highly recommend you check this one out. Um, And then, you know, talk with me about it on social media, on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, Again, cannot recommend enough. Another one I really enjoyed from 2016 is called, called Karis Hell. Not Carousel, Karis Hell. Um, This story is about, again, from IMDb, Duke, a carousel unicorn, hates his job. He has to let kids climb on his back and ride him for hours every day. But one kid has finally pushed him too far. Duke breaks free of his carnival hell and embarks on a bloody rampage of revenge on humanity. They took a literal carousel horse and there's someone off camera, obviously, like moving it around so it can quote unquote walk. It shows up at this party where this kid is to try and kill him and all of his friends. Oh man. <laughs> I'm trying not to give you too many spoilers on these. Um, that one, that might be all you need for carousel. A literal carousel, a literal carousel horse going on a murderous rampage. I mean, you can't get anything better than that, can you? Um, from 2015, we have Llama Geddon. Yes, you heard that right. Llama Geddon, a llama from outer space. 
Um, this, this synopsis is very short on IMDb. It's a killer llama from outer space crash lands on Earth and brings death and destruction to everyone in its path. This llama crash lands in a spaceship that looks like a horse, a horse trailer. And it's painted red. And you know it's a spaceship because it's painted red. That is a line from the movie. There is a gentleman in this movie who every time he's on screen, he is wearing a different t-shirt. Um, they took an actual llama and just in post put some red eyes on it to make it evil. Um, and these llamas, they lay fuzzy eggs in order to create more llamas. I mean, how fun is this? This one is a really good time to watch with friends. Lastly, um, I'll briefly touch on a movie that I mentioned when I talked about Bad Movie Club that I have. It is called Robo Vampire. It's like if RoboCop was a vampire, kind of. So the synopsis of this on, on um, IMDb is narcotics agent Tom Wilde is given a second chance at life after being shot and killed. In a futuristic experiment, Agent Wilde is returned to life as an android robot. He is sent on a very dangerous mission into the depths of the Golden Triangle to rescue Sophie, a beautiful undercover agent who has been captured by an evil drug warlord, Mr. Young, and his inhuman creation, the Vampire Beast. This movie can't decide what it wants to be. In fact, it's quite literally two different movies cut together because they needed some filler. So a lot of the, the movie doesn't even have the robo-vampire in it. It's this weird subplot about drug dealers that is actually taking from another film that they just pasted into this one but apparently there's vampires that hop for some reason uh, maybe that's um, a monster that I'm not familiar with from another culture um, I'm not quite sure why <laughs> the vampires hop and robo vampire is set to destroy them but then there's also a ghost in this movie who is married to a werewolf for some reason Honestly, I have no idea what's going on in this movie, but it's funny. Um, it was a really fun time to watch with everybody when we were trying to figure out what this movie is actually about. Um, you can actually find this one for free on YouTube. And I believe Brandon Tenold on YouTube does a really great review of this. Um, if you're interested in bad movies, Brandon Tenold's YouTube channel is great. He does a review. He does reviews of B movies and posts them on his channel. Um, I'm not sure how often he posts but they can give you a good idea of what ones to watch. So that's, that's terrible movies. Um, I know this episode was a little shorter just because this subject isn't super well researched. In fact, the paper that I used to create this episode is probably the only research study out there right now. I couldn't find any others really that were specific to trash film um just general trash film or or bad movies a lot of the other papers that you can find or research studies on this particular subject are around specific movies like the room they're not a general why do people like bad movies they're more of like what people experience when they're watching the room or uh, when they bring spoons to throw at the screen or anything else but um personally Bad horror is super fun for me. It releases a lot of stress. It makes me laugh. It's really enjoyable with a group so everyone can share the experience together. It can bring you closer together. And I highly, 
I recommend that you should give it a shot sometime. Try to watch a bad movie with a group of friends and see how how you experience it, how it differs from when you've watched a movie like this by yourself. There's lot loads of bad movies on the Sci-Fi Channel. There's dedicated YouTube channels that have full movies. There's some studios that that's pretty much all they do is make low-budget horror and sci-fi movies like The Asylum. So check those out and let's talk about it online if you're interested. Please remember to rate us on whatever podcast provider you're listening to us on. Follow us on social media at Horror Study Hall. You can also find us on YouTube at Horror Study Hall. And send me an email sometime. Let's let's talk about horror studies together and get to know each other a little bit at amateurhorror101 at gmail.com. Have a great day and stay spooky, friends.